Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. My name is Dan Roselle, and I'm joined by John Fisher. Hello, John. Hello, Dan. The streak has ended. The five-game losing streak of all home games for the first time since 2000, Mm -hmm. I believe the stat is. The losing streak ended because the Devils were away from home. (laughs) Go figure. The Devils, who dropped to 2-9-1 at home on Saturday, uh, moved to 6-2-1 on the road with two of those wins coming at TD Garden. Uh, We'll get to that when we get to that. Let's briefly touch upon the Saturday um, quote-unquote effort that the Devils put in. (laughs) Okay, so I think I'm not going to get a lot of pushback if I say Thursday's 6-1 loss to our hated rivals was the worst performance of the season. I would go as far as to say is that Saturday's game against our hated rivals was the second worst performance of the season. For the Devils, once again, showed nothing but a push until way too late in the Mm -hmm. game. They scored another consolation goal that all it did was make the score look more flattering, of which they gave up an empty netter, so that was even wiped out. We got to see the penalty kill give up an early goal to an end, end-to-end rush to at, from Adam Fox, of all people. And while the Devils once again put themselves in a position to succeed by at least pulling the game from as many as 2 nothing to 2-2 and gave up an, an annoying goal to Kevin Rooney, it was still 3-2, to or 2-3 to as I like to put it, going into the second period. And then the Devils proceeded to give up a goal, then a, pow- penal- then a power play, and then another power play. And, and as the Rangers just kind of cruised to a W at the Rock with fans in attendance wearing those stupid <laughs> reverse retro jerseys. Yeah, they have had a continued lack of success in any sort of retro-themed jersey uh, between the last, I don't know, five years, maybe? Actually, I can give you... Give me a moment here, Dan. I can actually give you the record. Oh, perfect. Okay, this will be good. In the meantime, yeah, it was not a good effort from anyone involved. There were way too many um, odd man rushes given up by the Devils. It didn't even look like they were aware the game had started. And somehow, yeah, you were right. They managed to tie the game for a brief period of time. But, um, you know, as they approached the second and third period, they just couldn't claw their way back in. And the Rangers goalie, Sturkin, had a lot. Oh, sorry. Georgia had a lot to do with that yesterday. Yes. I forgot Sturkin had sustained an injury on Thursday. But, yeah, Georgia was able to uh, stand pretty tall on the Devils. You know, once it was 4-2, it never really looked like they'd get any closer, and that's exactly what happened. Bastion got a late consolation goal, as has been the theme in a lot of these lopsided losses, where the Devils pull one back in garbage time. But yeah, Uh, overall, just you don't follow up an effort that involved letting up six goals against your greatest rival by letting up six goals against your greatest rival and both at home. Yep, turnovers are all over the place. Um, a lack of an attempt to get close to the net, whereas the Devils actually did a really good job of that on Thursday to the point where I would say, you know, if it was like a 3-1 loss to our hated rivals, you could at least say it sucks, but Shesterkin played out of his mind and, you know, it's not like the Devils didn't try. Against Georgiev, in the second game, the Devils mustered up exactly two high danger uh, chances compared to 13 from Thursday and only 20 scoring chances compared to 26 or so uh, on Thursday. So, I mean, there was definitely an element of the Devils were just taking way too many shots from long distance. Yes, Subban scored a long distance goal. Good for you, man. <laughs> Stop firing shots from 60 feet away. There's a reason why defensemen have low shooting percentages. They're not good shots. <laughs> I to saw make. a tweet that was like, does he um, get paid by the shin pad hit? 
Well, that's just it. And that's the, and this at, you know, the devils have not been winning a lot of games. So virtually everything irks mm-hmm. you, you know, just like if you're having a head cold, like everything just bothers you just a little bit more. You get a little more annoyed at everything because right. you're not feeling well, you know, you know, you, you take a long shot. Oh, there's no traffic in front. You got to get traffic in front. You get traffic in front. Oh, he hits a shin pad all the time. How come he's not getting it through? Cause there's traffic in front. <laughs> that's why he's not getting through you, man. You idiot. That's why these are bad shots to take. And unfortunately I have to have the same criticism going into Sunday's game, despite the fact that it went very, very differently, mostly because it was not in New Jersey for some inexplicable mm-hmm. reason. Well, not for an inexplicable reason, just that for some reason, the devils have just been a super bad home team and it makes no sense because logically you would think having the last change with a young roster and an experienced head coach like rough that would be an advantage and instead opponents have just been able to walk into the prudential center and come away with all kinds of Mm -hmm. points it's maddening like i i literally don't understand it yeah it's it's really tough to comprehend and if they have any sort of you know chance to not finish in the basement of the division buffalo is certainly doing their part to keep them away from there but the devils have to find a way to win some games at home at some point here it, it and they and they need to burn the retro jerseys i just looked up the record oh boy here. so in the reebok red throwbacks that would be the 1980s actual style that they wore the devils have went four four and six since their introduction in 2010 mm-hmm. All four wins took place around St. Patrick's Day. Okay. If it wasn't if it wasn't around St. Patrick's Day, like it was a couple days after or it was in February or January, they lose the game. And I mean lose the game, like not an overtime loss or anything, like they lost straight up. In the white throwbacks from 2018 to 2020, they went 0-7. They didn't even win regardless of the time of year. And in the reverse retro jerseys, I guess the green ones, uh, they're obviously 0-2. So that's a grand total, Dan, if I do math quickly in my head here, of 4-15 and 15, <laughs> not wearing your regular uniforms. Thank you to the Quirts on Reddit for looking this up four days ago at the r slash devil's Wow, incredible work there. And, you know... Burn the jerseys. <laughs> now that you say the Never number... again. It, Lou, it feels correct, right? Lou is not wrong. It just feels right. Lou is not wrong. Third jerseys are bad. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you know pee on your leg and tell you it's raining. That's why they're losing. But when it's four and fifteen, Dan, you might as well just. It's a, it's some sort of karmic curse almost because every time they wear them, it feels like they inspire zero confidence both before and during the game. Um, but that being said, they're riding a five-game losing streak at this point for those keeping track, and they are set to ship up to Boston. So that's where we find ourselves on Sunday with Scott Wedgwood in goal. And it's been a while since Scott Wedgwood has protected the Devil's net, um, but Blackwood clearly, you know, fighting off the puck. He, he's been... I don't think he's been as bad as people are saying, but I think he hasn't been his best yeah. self and far from it um, in that matter. But they go back to Wedgwood, and they go up to Boston, and everything's set up for them to have a very, very tough time, and instead, they don't. No, Wedgwood came in and played like he was playing against the Islanders in January again because he was sensational. He got in front of everything, um, even though he had a Johan Hedberg moment in the first period, firing a loose puck off of Nick Ritchie. That nearly ended up with an easy tap-in for the Bruins, but the Devils recovered it, so all was good. But no, Wedgwood was very calm in net, um, and he made some really strong saves, especially during a... Well, I'm not going to jump to the penalty kill just (laughs) yet, but uh, he made some strong saves against a Boston Bruin team where the top line of David Pasternak, uh, 
Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, I believe this was the first or second time the Devils have faced this line. And as you would expect, as they have done for the past several years, that line just kicked the Devils in the mm-hmm. face, uh, took its lunch money, and asked for seconds. Uh, so Wedgwood p- performed very well in light of the fact that Boston had a decided advantage in five-on-five five for at least one line. And anytime Charlie McAvoy was on the ice, too, McAvoy also had a monster game in of itself. So, um, you know, I know they don't give out more than three stars in a game, Dan, but if they did... All of them would go to Wedgwood. Yeah, Scott Wedgwood was the difference in this game. And, you know, give the Devils a little bit of credit. They did their best to limit Boston's opportunities. However, they still gave up a few prime ones that Wedgwood was able to bail them out of. But the sloppiness we had seen in the games against the Rangers, was it still there to some degree? But not to the same extent that it was against the New York Rangers. And no. Either it wasn't there the same way or Boston just didn't take advantage of it um, because it didn't seem like it was as lopsided. The ice in the game was notably mm-hmm. bouncy. Now, some things are best when they're bouncy, Dan, but hockey is not one of them. When the puck is going all over the place, guys are losing their edges. There were there was a lot of pileups and guys just falling down on both sides of the teams. Both sides, yeah, both, both sides, sides of the teams. teams. I do mean both sides of the teams. Offense, defense, even some neutral zone uh, prep mm-hmm. falls. Um, so I think to a degree – that helped why the Devils or the Bruins didn't get victimized on any of these uh, miscues. Um, whereas against our hated rivals, the rink in New Jersey is apparently superior. And you know, th- when you gift when you give up when you gift opportunities to anybody in this league, you're going to get served up a goal against. And unfortunately, our hated rivals were happy to serve the Devils some goals against. But tonight in Boston, um, I think the ice was a big factor as to why. Any turnovers that the Devils or the Bruins committed didn't lead to a whole lot of um, danger, maybe potential danger, but not an actual. Well, yeah, it was the ice and the goaltenders, right? Because we've gone this whole time without actually saying the score of the game because there was no score in the game until the third period. And so in the third Mm -hmm. period, uh, after some very, very nervous moments on the Devils penalty kill, uh, they actually were pretty disciplined for a good portion of this game before um, the third period started the penalty trouble. But they managed to uh, hold on long enough for Pavel Zaka to make a play. And while he isn't going to get credit for the game-winning goal, it went off of Palmieri apparently, that line had looked pretty decent on some opportunities throughout the game, and they managed to convert right at the very end. I would disagree with part of that. That line, unfortunately, got a lot of Bergeron. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, maybe not in flow, but you know, they definitely the, had some good opportunities before that. They did. They did. The Devils were able to generate some good scoring chances, particularly in the second period. Uh, in the second period, the Devils actually had a goal taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Jack, Jack Hughes beat Tuka Rask, but that was because Jesper Brat batted a puck with his glove towards Jack Hughes. And Rule 79.1 is very clear in the rule book. You can't do Yeah, that. it was, before people so, ask, it was 100% the right call and everyone knew it. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's one of those, like, there's no gray area. <laughs> he batted it along. It's your hand and it's doing your advantage. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to count. But anyway, no. Um, in a game where P.K. Subban, once again, seemed like he was getting paid for every 40-plus foot shot he took, uh, he managed to uh, take a puck from Z- Zaka, skate it into the zone. He activated, like Lindy Ruff's system demands the defenseman to do, took the puck pretty hard to the net, just flung it up off of Rosk, and Palmieri was in a great position to just box out the defender. Zaka came in late, 
to pound the rebound up. And again, it went off Paul Mary and went in. Um, credit to the tonight's attending media for giving Zaka a star of the game instead of Paul Mary's yep. knee. <laughs> but uh, but the goal ends a goalless streak for Mr. Paul Mary. Uh, he went into this game with nine games without a goal and seven games without a point. So obviously that went away. Subban gets a second straight point in a game. Zaka adds to his lead as being the team's leading point mm-hmm. scorer. And um, the Devils were able to hold on to win the game, um, which was um, frightful in some cases because, um, again, the Devils had to kill two penalties in that third period. And even throughout the game, you know, given how when your team is not good and the team has been on a five-game losing streak and you go into the game with three out of, three wins in your last 11, you just expect bad things to happen. Yeah. You just expect things to fall apart. And with a Boston team that has a great penalty kill, they have this killer line. You know, we already saw Boston score one shorthanded goal against the Devils. You would think, oh, it, you know, if the power play is going to blow it, and P.S., they did, <laughs> um, are you going to give up a shorthanded goal? Is Wedgwood, you know, no disrespect intended to Mr. Wedgwood, but there was a reason why you were not playing many games. You're the number three goalie in the system. And, um, you know, you're starting on the road on a team that has lost their last five games to Boston that just scored five against Washington in their private prior game coming off a day of rest. So all signs are like, okay, when is it going to happen? When is it going to fall fall apart? And amazingly, it Mm -hmm. didn't. The Devils held on. Yeah, so... Wedgwood made some strong saves at the end, and the Devils held on to win. This is the thing where, you know, we often talk about their special teams definitely not helping them win games and often losing them games. This is a case of it didn't lose them the game, but it didn't help them win, which is where you get the difference of good goalkeeping versus what we've been seeing out of the Devils goalies for the last couple of weeks. It's, It's the difference between having that little extra push on the penalty kill to prevent it from making you lose the game. So essentially Wedgwood as the best penalty killer pushed them forward in this effort. And the power play again, bagel They're Oh, for their last, what 15, 16. Let's not quibble here. It's been awful. And, and again, it'd be one thing if the power play was creating offense regularly and just not scoring goals, at least we would be able to say, Hey, they're grading shots on net. They're getting good looks on net. They're making the goaltender work and sweat a little bit. No, that that has not happened. In fact, the Devils not only went 0 for 3 on the power play, they had just three shots on net, none of them on their power play in the second period, and only five shooting attempts total. Whereas Boston, on the other hand, on their two power, power plays, had nine attempts on net, five shots on net, and six scoring mm-hmm. chances, of which including the last two that made, nearly gave me a gray hair when I saw that Nick Ritchie was wide open in the slot. And he either missed it or Wedgwood got a piece of it. And then near the end of that second kill, Riley Smith is on, you know, wide open back door, one on one with Wedgwood. And that's when I thought that was going to be the equalizer. Yep. I really did think, OK, back door. We've seen this. We've seen this movie before. But Wedgwood came up huge with a save. And um, I'm sure Smith is kicking himself for not finishing that play because that's sort of the play that you look for on a power play. So, you know, as you said, the, the devil special teams did not lose them the game which is a step up from what they have been doing for most of this entire season, even when the times are good for the Devils, which was they were losing them games and causing them, causing Devil fans all over the world lots of ulcers and heartburn and other bad things to your abdominal system. We're making a lot of medical assumptions here, but I don't think you're too uh, wrong about those kinds of things because it has been physically frustrating to watch their special teams pretty much all year. And again, they got bailed out today by Wedgwood. They got a timely goal from uh, a lot of people who 
need to be contributing more, and they contributed at a good time with Palmieri and uh, Subban being involved in the game-winning play. So a big, big, big win for New Jersey. This cannot be understated. It's a big win for their confidence. It's a big win for mm-hmm. um, their process. It's a big win for Scott Wedgwood getting back in, and maybe he's uh, worth some consideration as at least the backup goalie while Blackwood figures out what's going on. Certainly, I think the conversation has to be that Wedgwood, for the time being, has to be ahead of Aaron Dell, who has not really – I don't want – I feel bad about the goaltenders in this type of run of play, Dan, because, you know, we've – the Devils have had this awful, awful, awful shooting slump, which, to be fair, Dan, didn't really end mm-hmm. tonight. Like, you scored a goal off of Palmieri's knee. Your shooting slump is not yeah. over. <laughs> I'm not. You scored one goal, guys. Let's let's you know pump pump the brakes before you say everything's fine. Uh, the scoring slump, which as we discussed on Thursday's episode of uh, the Garden State of Hockey, that um, you know when you're not scoring goals in five on five, it puts further pressure on everything else. Well, we know the special teams has been an absolute you know dumpster fire at both ends, and that means if your goaltending isn't near perfect, you're going to lose games. And so. I, I feel more sympathetic towards Blackwood, Dell, and mm-hmm. Wedgwood, but I do agree that right now Wedgwood has to be seen as ahead of Dell. I still think you give Blackwood a bunch of games this week because, you know, if your if your game plan is going to be expecting Scott Wedgwood <laughs> to stay hot, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry to say that um, you're going to be a very unhappy person over the next two games <laughs> since the Devils will be playing Washington and the Islanders. In that yeah, order. and the Islanders, who have been on an absolute tear, but uh, a lot of that has been beating up on the Buffalo Sabres, who are um, very yeah. not good. So we'll see, you know, I, I think we'll get a better gauge of how the Islanders play um, once we see them against some other teams and if their win streak continues, because they've really had a couple of weeks to just beat up on Buffalo over here and also beat the Devils. Exactly. But, you know, you play the games that you're scheduled against. You don't pick and choose your opponents the same professional wrestling the saint uh i'm trying to think of any other competition where you might have a say in who your opponent is uh <laughs> i that's that's pretty much it actually maybe may, oh mixed martial arts you can get on the mic after a fight and say i want the i want the champion and you still might not i want get so it. and so <laughs> and yeah yeah if the matchmaker says no that's a stupid idea we'll make no money that way you know it is what it is but yeah you know the islanders will see how for real they are. I mean, they did literally beat Buffalo 5-2 in three straight mm-hmm. games. Literally 5-2. So weird. Um, so, well, it, it serves as a reminder that as bad as the things have been for the Devils, it can always be worse. Yeah. It it, it can always be worse, Dan. And if, you, and if you don't agree with that, then just remember last season's team, because I still think this team is better than last well, season's team, despite the flaws and issues that we have seen. But that's a discussion for a different day. Let's also consider that the Devils' young franchise center does not have trade rumors about him right now because of how miserable he is with the uh, seven years of sustained mediocrity. Oh, uh, if they had mediocrity, Dan, they, he'd be thrilled because that means they may have made a playoff appearance at one well, point. Yeah, okay. uh, they've just been straight bad, yeah. you know, just just miserable up and down. You know, it's it's not good when you go to the athletic and you see articles by what was it four or five anonymous former Sabres captains saying things like, "This is just a mess. This is terrible. I don't know how you could do this to the poor kid. I, I don't know why you named him captain. I don't know why you did this." It's like those types of articles have not been written about New Jersey. So there's that at least. <laughs> we can take solace in that as the schedule does get pretty tough moving forward um, with some opponents who are yep. playing pretty well. 
That's right. On Tuesday night, the Devils will go back to Washington and hope to get something against the Washington Capitals for the first time this season. They're currently 0 for 6 in terms of points against the Capitals. Um, so we'll see what happens on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, they will take on an Islanders team that might actually be on a winning streak mm-hmm. still by the time they play them. And that's actually a bit problematic because not only do the Devils play them in Long Island on Thursday, they get to host the Islanders on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, at, they're both at 7 and 5 p.m. respectively. So, you know, you can miss me with your, uh, you know, 1 p.m. games <laughs> causing the devil's issue. No, I think it's less uh, likely. Because they're not going to be at 1 or 3. Yeah. But I think it's they're still not going to be easy. I games. think it's less likely the 1 p.m. issue and the more 4 and 6 every week issue. I think that's more representative of the yes. problem we're facing here. But again, that's, that's what happens in this kind of season. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's not going to let up until the end of March. And even then that's only going to be happening for one week. Cause after you're done with that, your final five weeks of the season are four games and seven nights every week, every yeah. week. It never ends. And if you're not ready, I mean, Until this is, this is a big opportunity for a lot of these players too, because a lot of this team is going to change over theoretically in the next couple of years. Is the organization going to want to keep you around to grow with this core? If the main mission is to grow with the existing core of Heischer, uh, Hughes, Blackwood, Bratt will throw in there, uh, Severson, who is going to stay around, not just from the players who are on expiring contracts or more veteran players, but the young guys too, who can keep pace with these guys, who can prove their value to the team alongside these guys. And this is a great season in which to do it when the expectations are relatively low. Exactly. And, you know, even though performances like, say, you know, they won in Boston and they lost to our hated rivals. But you look you have to look a little deeper to the performances and say, OK, you know what? Maltsev played really, really well against our hated rivals, as did Sharon Govich. However, Maltsev and Sharon Govich played poorly in Boston. Now, granted, they were on different lines. I think the matchup definitely didn't help them. And uh, Maltsev, you know, unfortunately took one of those two penalties that made every Devils fan around the world hold their breath as it's like, oh, great, they're winning one. No- uh, I'm sorry, zero zero at the time. And you just gave up a power play. Yeah, uh, that was fear <laughs> but, uh, embodied. Exactly. But you can't just look at those two games alone. You have to look at the body of the work for the whole season. But good games will definitely help your cause to stick around uh, for a guy like Kulikov, who is definitely not a young guy, but he's on a one year deal. You know, he's been playing very well throughout the season. I would say enough to say maybe he's worth keeping around for another season Mm. or two. For a guy like McLeod and Bastion, who prior to the season, I I think they were pretty much, you know, on the bubble of whether or not you should even bother putting them in the Mm. NHL. You know, they may be AHL lifers, uh, given what they have done or not done at the AHL level. But so far, they have proven to at least be effective fourth liners at this level. So. That's another thing that you have uh, you you can decide and make a decision on. In the case and, for Ryan um, Murray as well, as he was sitting through the entire losing streak, uh, he's ba- he drew back into the lineup today for Will Butcher and had, um, I don't know, it, he had a stable game at the very least. I, I think the issues that were plaguing him defensively were definitely, uh, for the most part, cleaned up. He wasn't noticeably a detriment, which is something that is, you no. know, the bar is low, but it's still very helpful when you're trying to win games. Yeah, I mean, his pairing with Vatnin got absolutely destroyed in five on five. But the one thing that was nice about his performance is that he and Vatnin only allowed one high danger chance in five on five. Now, given that they've given up 16 shooting attempts, you know, okay, that's still not a good performance, but that's way better than what they were. Because Murray in particular 
has been giving up a lot of high danger chances this season in five mm-hmm. on five. Um, I think his pairing with mo- was mostly with PK Subban, who has also been on the high end of allowing high danger chances. And um, both Subban, I would say Subban had probably had one of his best games as a devil this season in Boston. And Murray, to your point, you know, while the five on five numbers in some respects look hideous, but he didn't give up the big chance and he didn't give up anything that made Wedgwood, you know, roll his eyes and go, please, man, do your job. Um, I think, as you said, the word stable, I think, is a fair assessment to how he performed. And honestly, that's what you need out of some defensemen, especially when you're in the middle of a run where you've won four games out of your last 12, including the win on uh, I think on the other end of that, Vatanen certainly had some good passes, some good opportunities uh, from the offensive end, and uh, was making noticeable mistakes throughout the weekend. Oh, definitely. I think if you were to say, hey, John, you know, do you think Vatanen should be benched after the game against our hated rivals? I would say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to bench Butcher and Vatanen, go for it. Not that I want to see Connor Carrick anytime soon, but the performances have of Vatanen in particular have been very underwhelming. And it's actually more disappointing in Vatanen's case because he was brought back with the intention of being a veteran player to make up for the the potential errors of a younger forward core and to be a guy that could slot in for a whole bunch of different roles, whether it's a power play role, a penalty kill role, a four on four role, you know, he can do a lot of different things because he at least has been around with the team for that long. You know, he's a guy similar to Zajac that you have a little, you know, the coaches can have a little trust in, but Vatanen has done everything possible to show that um, he's not having a good season. So um, I'm glad he rebounded in a little bit in Boston. But yeah, that that game against our hated rivals has been rough. And even several of the ones over the past three weeks, I would say, you know, Vatanen has um, struggled, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And so the Devils uh, keep Tukaraska 299 NHL wins. Imagine going into today knowing you're facing the Devils to get your 300th and not getting it. Feels good to win a game again, and we'll have another episode for you uh, next Friday as the Devils face off against Washington and um, the Islanders. So, all that being said, thank you again for listening. We appreciate it as always. And let's go, Devils! Go, Devils! See you next time. <laughs>